0: Did you know that relaxation is all in your mind? That's right. By applying various techniques of mindfulness, you can practice relaxation anywhere and anytime, whether it's at home, work, or at play. Welcome to Come Back to Your Senses Radio with host Leah Brenda Smith. Our program is all about recovering your common sense. Now, here's health and wellness specialist Leah Brenda Smith. Hello, thanks for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio on Voice America Variety. I am your host, Leah Brenda Smith, and I'm sending a warm welcome to the folks at Project Freedom Radio Network. Just a reminder, the shows are available on the archive 24-7 at Voice America Variety in iTunes and at ComeBackToYourSenses.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook at Come Back to Your Senses Radio or at Leah Brenda Smith. Today's show is all about the wonderful world of laughter. And as we all know, humor is infectious. Even the sound of roaring laughter is far more contagious than any cough or sniffle or even a sneeze. And when laughter is shared has a way of binding people together and increases happiness and can increase intimacy as well. Laughter also triggers healthy physical changes in the body. Isn't that great news? Laugh your way to health. Humor and laughter strengthen your immune system. Boost your energy Diminishes pain. And laughter can protect you from the damaging effects of stress. The best news of all is that laughter is priceless medicine. It's fun. It's free. And it's easy to use. There's no manual. There's no instructions. So Just a good old belly laugh sometimes is just what you need. Now, laughing is... A reaction to stimulus. It sometimes is brought about by, you know, hearing a joke, being tickled, seeing something delightful, musing at your own private thoughts. Sometimes images that you see in your mind can bring you to laughter and various other types of stimulus. Laughter commonly is considered a visual expression of various positive emotional states, such as joy and mirth, happiness and relief. And sometimes laughter is used to express other emotions, like embarrassment. It can be used sometimes as an apology, to hide confusion, to mask nervousness, and even as a way of attempting to be courteous. Now physiologically, laughter is anatomically facilitated by the epiglottis constricting the larynx, in case you're wondering how physically that occurs. But laughter is clearly a part of our human behavior, and it is regulated by the brain. It can help people to clarify their intentions in social interactions, and laughter can sometimes provide an emotional context to conversations. Laughter is used as a symbol of being part of a group. It can sing be a signal for acceptance and positive interactions with others. And we all know laughter sometimes is quite contagious. At some point, we've all been drawn into the laughter of one person that has a domino effect on everyone around them, including ourselves. And here's a couple of quotes from other people about laughter. Laughter is the sensation of feeling good all over and showing it principally in one place. That's Josh Billings. And another one by Hugh Seidey. Carry laughter with you wherever you go. And then an author, an unknown author, even if there is nothing to laugh about, Laugh on credit. Now, children are known to laugh a great deal more than adults, and we've all witnessed this as we watch children reel in delight. An average baby laughs about 300 times a day compared to an average adult who laughs around 20 times a day. Now, of course, this can depend on... person's personality type, and some average adults laugh more frequently than that, and some sadly less frequently. But according to some studies, the onset of adulthood causes a gradual change that's characterized by increased seriousness and a diminished engagement in laughter, Now, Laughter is an audible expression or appearance of excitement or an inward feeling of joy. And researchers have shown infants as early as 17 days old have vocal laughing sounds or laughter. Earlier studies were indicating that infants usually started to laugh only at about the four-month mark of age, so... Uh, we see this has changed in their research. I certainly noticed my uh, young child laughing at a at a very young age, after uh, after just a few weeks, um, a few weeks old. Laughter researcher Robert Provine said that laughter is a mechanism that everybody has. Laughter is part of the universal human vocabulary. And there are thousands of languages, thousands of dialects, but everyone speaks laughter in pretty much the same way. Babies have the ability to laugh even before they speak, and children who are born blind and deaf, still, they laugh just like the rest of us. Laughter, the universal language. Clearly, laughter makes you feel good, and the good feeling that you get when you laugh remains with you, even after the laughter has subsided. Humor can help you keep a positive, optimistic outlook through difficult situations, even through disappointments, and even through loss. But laughter is more than just a respite from sadness and from pain. Laughter gives you the courage and the strength to find new sources of meaning and hope. And even in the most difficult of times, a laugh or even simply a smile can go a very long way towards making you feel better. And laughter really is contagious. Just hearing laughter, it primes your brain and it readies you to smile and join in the fun. So we hear from this that our brain gets ready, even beyond whatever our thoughts might be. And even though we may have more of a serious demeanor, the brain gets ready when it hears laughter from other people. That's good news. And then Woody Allen, the funny man himself, he says, I'm thankful for laughter, except when milk comes out of my nose. I don't know about the rest of you, but maybe it's not milk coming out of your nose, but I'm sure at some point most of us have had a similar type of experience, maybe not with milk, but some other type of beverage. And then Jean Houston, fabulous old gal, she said, At the height of laughter... The universe is flung into a kaleidoscope of new possibilities. And then an unknown author, perhaps chooses to remain anonymous, says that sometimes I laugh so hard the tears run down my leg. And there is actually... uh, G oh, let's get my mouth around that one. Gelotology from the Greek Gelos, which means laughter, is the study of laughter and its effects on the body. The effects from a psychological and physiological perspective. Now, its supporters often advocate stimulation of laughter for therapeutic reasons and use complementary medicines for this approach. The field of study was pioneered by William F. Fry of Stanford University. And oh, I'm really having trouble with that word today. I think you get the point. Jellotology, and jellotologically it sounds like jello actually j e l l o at any rate, it was first studied by psychiatrists and although some doctors in ancient times recommended laughter as a form of medicine, it was initially denounced. most of the physicians they really doubted that laughter possessed any analgesic qualities and really doubted any benefit. But one of the early studies demonstrated that the effectiveness of laughter in a clinical setting showed that laughter could help patients with atopical dermatitis respond less to allergens. So that was one of the really early, early studies. And other studies have shown that laughter can help alleviate stress and pain and can even assist with cardiopulmonary rehabilitation. Here I just have a list of some suggestions here. Just some ways that you can help yourself to see the lighter side of life. And the first on the list is to laugh at yourself. Share your embarrassing moments. The best way To take yourself less seriously is to talk about times when you took yourself too seriously. Attempt to laugh at situations rather than bemoan them. So really look for the humor in a bad situation. And that will help you to uncover the irony and the absurdity of life. And this will help to improve your mood and always improves the moods then, of others around you. Here's another great suggestion. You could surround yourself with reminders to lighten up. Some people, they keep a toy on their desk that they could fiddle with or in the car. Or you could put up a funny poster in your office. Choose a computer or screensaver that makes you laugh. And other folks, they even frame photos of themselves and their family or their friends having fun, just as little visual reminders to help you lighten up. And keeping things in perspective can be hugely beneficial. There are so many things in life that are beyond our control, particularly the behavior of other people, which is certainly something that has a tremendous impact if you let it if you let other people's moods affect you. So well you might think about taking the weight of the world on your shoulders and some people might think this is admirable to do that. In the long run it's really unrealistic. It's unproductive. It's unhealthy. And some might even say it's somewhat egotistical. So really keep things in perspective because there's so many things that are really beyond our control. And then deal with your stress. Because stress is certainly a major impediment to humor and laughter. Don't we all know it? I know I often hear myself say, I get so serious sometimes I can barely stand myself. Another good idea would be to pay attention to children and even try emulating them because after all, kids are experts on playing, taking life lightly and certainly laughing. I enjoyed that so much the other night at Rosh Hashanah dinner, one of my, um, my niece's was, uh, actually my great niece was sitting in my nephew's lap and he was tickling her. And my goodness, such joy and such delight, such freshness and such aliveness. It was really delightful to uh, to sit around uh, as a family and enjoy that great display of laughter. And a funny man himself, Mr. Milton Burl, he said that laughter is an instant vacation. And Henry Ward Becker said that mirth is God's medicine. Everyone ought to bathe in it. And Nicholas Comfort said that the most wasted of all days is that in which we have not laughed. We can use humor and play to overcome our challenges and to enhance our lives. And the ability to laugh and to play and to have fun with others not only makes life more enjoyable, it also helps us to solve problems, can help us to connect with other people and certainly to be more creative. Clearly, people who incorporate humor and play into their daily lives find that it renews them and can renew all of their relationships. You know, life does bring the challenges, and they can either get the best of you or they can become food for your imagination. When you become the problem and take yourself too seriously... Then it's kind of hard to think outside the box and find new solutions. But when you play with a problem, you're in a much better position to transform it into an opportunity. Well, we all see that playing with problems comes so naturally to children. You know, when they're confused or they're afraid, they have a knack of making their problems into a game which gives them a sense of control and also an opportunity to experiment with new solutions. So interacting with others in playful ways can help you to retain your own creative abilities. And then as laughter and humor and play become more integrated into your life, your creativity, will be able to flourish. And you may find new discoveries, new ways of playing and enjoying with your friends or your coworkers, even acquaintances, and new ways of playing with your loved ones in your daily life. Because humor, humor has a way of taking you to a higher place, taking you to a higher place where you can view the world from a more relaxed, positive, joyful, and balanced perspective, Hmm. And Bob Newhart, a funny man from the past, uh, he says that laughter gives us distance. It allows us to step back from an event, deal with it, and then to move on. And an old Irish proverb says that a good laugh and a long sleep... Are the best cures in the doctor's book. And Kurt Von Gert says that laughter and tears are both responses to frustration and exhaustion. I myself prefer to laugh since there's less cleaning up to do afterwards. Most of us have experienced the joy of playing with a furry friend, and pets are a rewarding way to bring more laughter and more joy into your life. And yes, having a pet is also good for your mental and physical health. Studies show that pets can protect you from depression, stress, and even heart disease. Now, laughter is your birthright. It's a natural part of life that is innate and inborn. And as I mentioned earlier, infants begin smiling during the first weeks of life and laugh out loud shortly after. And even if you didn't grow up in a household where laughter was a common sound, anyone can learn to laugh at any stage in their life. If you need help to get flowing in the right direction. You can try setting aside special times to seek out humor and laughter, just like you set up times to go to the gym more to exercise. And once you get into the swing of it, no doubt you'll want to incorporate humor and laughter into the everyday moments of your life. Now clearly, a great characteristic to help you laugh is not taking yourself too seriously. Now, we've all known, or been, that jaw-clenched sourpuss who takes everything with such seriousness and never laughs at anything. Now, there are obviously some events in life that are sad and not really occasions for laughter. However, you know, most events don't intrinsically have a overwhelming sense of sadness or delight associated with them. Most of life just falls into that gray zone of ordinary life. Ordinary life, which gives you the choice to laugh or not to laugh. That is the question. I want to just talk about some of the stress management benefits of laughter. Hormones, hormones, laughter reduces the level of stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, dopamine, and growth hormone. It also increases the level of health-enhancing hormones like endorphins and neurotransmitters. And laughter increases the number of antibody-producing cells and enhances the effectiveness of T-cells. All of this really translates into a stronger immune system, as well as experiencing fewer physical effects of stress. So many good reasons to laugh. Physical release is another benefit. Now, we've all felt at some point that we have to either laugh or cry. I've heard sometimes even a friend say to me, you know, I just really need a good laugh. And we've all experienced that cleansing feeling that you get after a good laugh. Because laughter really can provide an excellent physical and emotional release. Not to mention the internal workout You know, that good belly laugh, the exercise that you get, it exercises your diaphragm, it contracts your abs, and even works out your shoulders. And after laughing, a really good laugh, your muscles are more relaxed. And laughter also gives a good workout for the heart. Oh, I don't know about you, but I certainly long for those times when you laugh so hard that the next day your, your tummy muscles are sore just from having such a good laugh with your friends or your family members. Now, distraction is also a benefit of laughter, because laughter can bring the focus away from anger, guilt, stress, or other negative emotions. And certainly laughter is more beneficial than some other ways that we tend to use to distract ourselves. And again, perspective. The studies show that our responses to stressful events can be altered by whether we view something as a threat or as a challenge. Now humor can give us a more lighthearted, a more lighthearted perspective. And help us view events as challenges, thereby making these events less threatening and more positive. And then there are the social benefits of laughter. Laughter connecting us with others. Just as smiling and kindness, most people find that laughter is contagious. So if you bring more laughter into your life, then you'll likely help others around you to laugh more, and then they will be able to receive the benefits of laughter as well. Then by elevating the mood of those around you, you can reduce their stress level and improve the quality of social interactions that you experience with them which can reduce everybody's stress level even more. Max Eastman said that dogs laugh, but they laugh with their tails. Now, what puts man in a higher state of evolution is that he has... He's got his laugh on the right end. And Raymond Hitchcock says that a man isn't poor if he can still laugh. And another one from Kurt Von Gert. Maturity is a bitter disappointment for which no remedy exists. Unless laughter can be said to remedy anything. We'll move into talking about laughter therapy. Now, laughter not only provides a good workout for your muscles, but it unleashes the rush of the stress-bursting endorphins. And it also... The good news about this is that your body can't distinguish between real and fake laughter. So really, any giggle will do. The elation that you feel when you laugh is a great way of combating the physical effects of stress. And when we laugh, our body relaxes. And the endorphins, which are like natural painkillers, are released into the bloodstream. So a laughter therapist, really their aim is to help you to laugh more easily. The therapy can be done in a group or individually. And often they'll start up with uh, warm-up exercises, followed by a range of activities that are designed really to get you giggling. Now we know laughter doesn't come easily to everyone. And so it's a good thing that the body and the brain can't actually distinguish between real and fake laughter. So faking it till you make it as they say has the same the same beneficial effects as when you laugh just spontaneously because something just strikes your funny bone so and Dr. Lee Barrack of Loma University Medical Center in California has been conducting laughter therapy research since the late 70s And one study that he did in 89 on the effects of laughter in uh, 10 healthy males, he, he took five experimental subjects, and for an hour they watched a comedy show, and the other five subjects did not. And then at the end, blood samples were taken, and it revealed that the Cortisol, the hormone which our body releases when we're under stress, decreased more rapidly in the subjects that watched the comedy than in the control group. So, Burke's research also showed that the level of natural killer cells, which is a type of immune cell that attacks viruses and tumor cells, is increased through laughter And these same cells are suppressed if the body suffers consistent and long-term stress. In research at the University of Michigan, they, these researchers were able to calculate that just 20 seconds of laughter could be as good for the lungs as three minutes spent on a rowing machine. Imagine that, 20 seconds of laughter. Laughter therapy is suitable for everyone. And most of the laughter therapists do work within the healthcare profession in some way or in the workplace where laughter is used as a means of relieving stress. But elderly groups and young people in care and mental health patients are all benefiting from laughter therapy. So, if you're undecided about laughter therapy, remember this, that children laugh about 400 times a day, whereas adults manage mm, a measly 15. The laughter therapy session may leave you feeling elated and exhausted in equal measure. The muscle tone and cardiovascular functions may be improved, and the oxygen levels in the blood may be boosted. So in the long term, laughter therapy teaches us that we don't just have to laugh when we're happy. Laughing in the face of anger, stress, or anxiety, even if it's forced laughter, can actually lift your mood. And because it's infections, you can expect to see those around you benefiting from the good giggle as well. So all around the circle, the laughter has benefit. And here's a Yiddish proverb. What soap is to the body, laughter is to the soul. And Alan Alda says that when people are laughing, they're generally not killing each other. And Stephen King in Hearts in Atlantis. You can't deny laughter. When it comes, it plops down in your favorite chair and stays as long as it wants. I find that delightful. So here's another little checklist here for lightening up. So when you find yourself taken, taken back by what seems to be an unmanageable problem, you could try asking yourself these few little questions. Is it really worth getting upset over? Is it really worth getting other people upset. Is it that important? Is it that bad? Is the situation irreparable? And here's a big one. Is it really your problem? Some of us have better tendencies than others to be having a problem, trying to deal with problems that are not really their problem at all. So shared laughter is one of the most effective tools for keeping relationships fresh and exciting. All emotional sharing builds strong and lasting relationship bonds. But sharing laughter and play also adds things like joy and vitality and resilience. And humor can be powerful and effective way to heal resentments or disagreements and hurts. And laughter often unites people during difficult times, which I know all of us have experienced at some point or another. Integrating more humor and play into your daily exchanges can certainly improve the quality of your love relationships, as well as the connections with your co-workers, your family members, your friends, your neighbors, because when you use humor and laughter in relationships, it really encourages you to be more spontaneous Because humor gets you out of your head and away from your worries. It helps you to let go of defensiveness. Laughter can help you drop your judgments, your criticisms, and your doubts, whether they are judgments and criticism and doubts about yourself or about others around you or a situation. And releasing inhibitions. Humor can alleviate your fear of holding back and holding on. Expressing your true feelings. Laughter can encourage deep emotions to rise to the surface. And there is something called laughter yoga. And it was really um, created by Dr. Madden Kataria, a physician from Mumbai, India. And she launched the first laughter club at a park on March 13, 1995 with a handful of people. And today, it has become a worldwide phenomenon with more than 6,000 social laughter clubs in about 60 countries. Laughter yoga combines unconditional laughter with yogic breathing. Now, anyone can laugh for no reason, without relying on humor, jokes, or comedy. Because laughter is simulated as a body exercise in a group, with eye contact and childlike playfulness. And then it soon turns into real and contagious laughter, The concept of laughter yoga is based on the science that the body cannot differentiate between fake and real laughter. So, even if the laughter is induced, it gets the same psychological and physiological benefits. Now, the goal of yoga laughter, laughter yoga, Laughing and yoga is to bring good health and joy and world peace through laughter. You know, laughter is that universal language with no cultural barriers. And the first Sunday of May has been celebrated as World Laughter Day. It started in the year 2000. Excuse me, in the year 2000, I'm not sure when it started, but nearly 10,000 people laughed together in Copenhagen, Denmark, to set a Guinness Book record. 10,000 laughing people. Mm, How lovely. So participants of laughter yoga report significant general health improvements. Many have felt a reduction in the frequency of respiratory infections, like common colds and flu. And other people say that they're overcoming depression or having relief or resolve from chronic medical problems. In India, they're introducing in many of the schools, uh, the schools they schedule. The schedule actually includes 10 minutes of laughter in the morning during an assembly, followed by five minutes of laughter in a session in the classroom, both at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. And this laughter routine in the schools has shown that the mood and the atmosphere gets generalized and energized. Teachers and students are happier together. They have a more positive outlook. There's improved communication, improved discipline and attendance. And the academic results Have also shown improvement. Laughter yoga classes in colleges in New York and Minnesota are fast becoming popular with the college students. And Francois Sagan says that there can never be enough said of the virtues, dangers, and the power of a shared laugh. And Quincy Jones I've always thought that a big laugh is a really loud noise from the soul saying, Ain't that the truth? (laughs) And Henry Bergson says that laughter is the corrective force which prevents us from becoming cranks. I think that's very funny. Prevents us from becoming cranks. So research shows that laughter can help resolve many major issues in the workplace. But till now there's not really been a reliable or effective system to deliver the laughter. Humor was the only tool available, but it's not really reliable because it seldom leads to continuous hearty laughter. So laughter yoga is able to break through that and deliver really deliver a laughing system that can enable a person to laugh continuously for 15 or 20 minutes with short breaks in between for the yogic breathing. But many laughter yoga professionals have presented the sessions um, to business communities and are having really great positive results. The uh, large companies and corporations throughout the world are using this as an effective tool And it's proven to be a powerful force for improving staff performance in the workplace. Laughter yoga is also being practiced by seniors and in many, in many of the care facilities in Canada and the US, also in Israel and in Europe. And there is a rise in the expectancy with improvement in health care and advancements in medical technology. They are estimating that 10 years from now the number of older people would have almost doubled. And faced with age and age-related troubles, seniors find their physical and mental faculties on the decline. And the cognitive abilities in seniors are compromised because of dementia and Alzheimer's disease, that the seniors find it difficult really to comprehend more uh, generalized forms of humor. But laughter therapy is ideal. It's an ideal form of exercise routine, and it can help them to get, the seniors can get the health benefits of laughter, even though they may not understand regular humor. They're also using laughter therapy for people that have cancer, and they've been doing studies also with people in prisons in Europe. Uh, the British actor John Cleese visited the Mumbai prison in 2001 during the making of the documentary for the BBC on human expression. And he found that laughter had a profound impact on the prisoners. The atmosphere in general had lightened up. And he said, really, with the rise in crime across the world, the prisons are really overburdened with prisoners that are harboring negative emotions and thoughts. So the laughter yoga is a great method of dissipating the negativity. And many prisoners in India have found laughter yoga an effective tool to release their negative emotions. There have been a lot of positive changes in the prisoners' attitudes better prison staff relations, and certainly reduced violence. And Abraham Lincoln tells us, with the fearful strain that is on me night and day, if I did not laugh, I should die. And Anna Fellows Johnson says, remember, men need laughter sometimes more than food. And Linda Ellerby says that a good time to laugh is any time that you can. <laughs> that I think is terrific. <laughs> Just terrific. So the laughter yoga is also making a big difference in the lives of people with physical and mental disabilities. They're doing that in Canada, in India, in the US, and in Portugal. They're introducing the laughter yoga to people with mental and physical challenges, and the children are revealing really a marked improvement in their motor and expressive skills, and really a diminish also in hyperactivity. Some of the people who come to the sessions in wheelchairs are showing tremendous improvement in their physical condition and mental health. And laughter yoga has also been introduced in many of the schools for the blind and amongst the deaf and mute children to help them cope with their disabilities and really to generate a more positive attitude that can help enhance their well-being. And Victor Borgo says that laughter is the shortest distance between two people. Andrew Carnegie says that there's little success when there is little laughter, and Gordon Elport says so many tangles in life are ultimately hopeless that we have no appropriate sword other than laughter. You now, many years ago in the 80s, I participated in helping to organize a laughter carnival um, near Grand Prairie in Alberta. It was a wonderful day of fun and frolic. We had games, and there was a clown, and people dressed up in costumes. And the day really was about being playful, silly, being lighthearted, and just being joyous. The intent was really one of pure enjoyment. And with the recognition that the positive, healthy energy that we were generating from the carnival was creating a Don Mano effect of joy for those who came to the carnival and really just going out freely into the atmosphere in general. It was a great experience. So here's some tips here for inducing laughter. Smile. Smiling is the beginning of laughter. Like laughter, it's contagious. And pioneers in laughter therapy find that it's possible to laugh even without experiencing a funny event. The same thing is true for smiling. So when you look at someone or see something even mildly pleasing, practice smiling. Count your blessings. You can even make a list if you want. Just the simple act of considering the good things in your life is going to give some distance between you and negative thoughts, which can sometimes be a barrier to your humor and laughter. But when you're in a state of sadness then you have a much further way to travel to get to humor and laughter. So count your blessings. When you hear laughter, move toward it. Sometimes humor and laughter are private, but more often people are very happy to share something funny because it gives them an opportunity to laugh again and feed off the humor that you find in it. So when you hear laughter, seek it out and ask, what's so funny? Tell me, tell me more. Spend time with fun, playful people. Now these people are people who laugh easily, both at themselves and at life's absurdities. They also routinely find the humor in everyday events. Their playful point of view and laughter are contagious. Bring humor into conversations. Ask people, what's the funniest thing that ever happened to you? Either this week or in their life. Now, although laughter is universal, humor can be so individual. What's funny to one person may fall flat on its face for someone else. Let's take a look at some of the different types of humor people enjoy and see if you can identify your particular style or styles of humor. Now, this may be the kind of humor you generate yourself or that you admire in your friends, or you would enjoy while watching a movie, a play, or at a comedy club. So, laugh at life humor is when something bad happens, you take a deep breath, look for the absurdity in the situation, and then laugh about it. You're very happy to laugh about something even all by yourself. And bonding in the moment humor. We're all in this together is the general outlook on that one. You crack a joke at just the right moment or toss a witty, light-hearted remark into a conversation before it turns too serious. And there's slapstick comedy. Charlie Chan and the Three Stooges are really classics in this area. Slapstick relies on physical humor, pranks, and absurd situations for laugh. Sarcasm. This sense of humor is dark. It's biting and it's sharp. Be careful because sarcasm can come off unnecessarily harsh without the benefit of tone of voice and facial expression to soften the delivery. Self-deprecating humor. This humor is really based on making fun of you, which can be endearing and charming, but only in small doses. And dry humor. You can deliver a hysterically funny line without cracking a smile or raising an eyebrow while everyone else around you is falling down and laughing. And witty humor. It's clever. The joke shows intelligence. You can find the subtle humor in a situation and tease this really to the surface by using a brilliant one-liner that's made that much funnier because no one else thought of it first. Jokes at other people's expense. Making fun of people is what this way of making a joke is all about. Ridicule, teasing, and sarcasm can be aggressive and come across as mean. Following up with just kidding doesn't necessarily dull the sting. So we need to be a little mindful there that we're not um, um, hurting people with jokes at other people's expense. Uh, then there's the bathroom humor. You know, some people find fart jokes or something gross or gory, they find that hysterical. It's not my taste, but for some it really is the cat's meow. And there's the prescribed jokes. This type of humor is based on some kind of story or scenario, and it requires a certain level of attention and usually has a punchline or a moral. You know, our preferences in humor are as varied as there are individuals. And what's funny to one person can be offensive or cruel to someone else. What's witty and clever to someone can seem mean or sarcastic to someone else. So if you don't like the way someone teases you, then please speak up. You could just say, hey, your teasing doesn't please me. You know, for some people it's just harmless entertainment. However, it's not. If it's not your cup of tea, you have to let the person know that they should save that kind of humor for someone that appreciates it. And uh, that way, it can make for uh, good uh, humor relations all the way around. It just seems to be that thing. You know, we all have a funny bone, but not everybody's funny bone finds the other's funny bone very funny. So we need to be mindful of that. So that laughter can be the joyous experience it is and we can get these great health benefits from it. Because laughter is good for your health. It relaxes your body, boosts your immune system, triggers the release of endorphins, and it can protect your heart. So laughter is good heart health as well. It strengthens your relationships. It can attract others to you. It can enhance teamwork. It helps diffuse conflict and promotes good group bonding. So here's a proverb for you. It says, if you are too busy to laugh, you are too busy. And Mort Walker says that seven days without laughter makes one week Arnold Glasslow says that laughter is a tranquilizer with no side effects. And an unknown author says that laughter is an orgasm triggered by the intercourse of sense and nonsense. Laughter, an orgasm triggered by the intercourse of sense and nonsense. Well, we've certainly gone through a gamut of different types of scenarios and ideas, tips and suggestions, health benefits, different types of therapies, all to do with laughter. And it's good to remember whether you're laughing because something moved you and you couldn't help it, or you're laughing just to try to get the laughter moving, it's going to have the same same health benefits, which is wonderful, wonderful, wonderful news. So remember, laughter is good for your health. It's good for your relationships, and it's good for the world. So I am so grateful. I'm your ever-grateful host, Leah Brenda Smith, so grateful to come each week and speak to you about these topics that bring benefits into your life and into the lives of your family and friends. And I'm... Happy to come next week with a Seasonal Affective Disorder conversation. And I thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. And until next time, I encourage you to relax and enjoy your life. We hope you've enjoyed our program today and perhaps have found some new techniques that you can apply to your daily life. Thank you for tuning in to Come Back to Your Senses Radio. Please join Leah Brenda Smith again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you next week.